Super dope. What's going on, guys? Uh, Wednesday morning. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So this is not the podcast that I wanted to put out today. I would very much be liking to talk about the most recent chapter of the Dragon Ball Super manga. Came out a little bit later than I would have cared for. So this is one I had in the can that you'll be listening to in a few minutes. Uh, me and Brandon did last week, uh, week before, whenever the hell, uh, about Godzilla versus the Astro Monster or Invasion of the Astro Monster. It's, it's a Godzilla movie, in case you couldn't tell. Um, we'll be talking about that in a minute. If you don't like our Godzilla pods, you should listen to this one because this is the first Godzilla movie that we've covered on the pod that has made me kind of mad, uh, kind of wasted my time. So if you want to hear me bitch about some things in the proper fashion, continue on. Um, before we get there, though, um, elephant in the room i wish i was talking about manga chapter 65 for dragon ball i'm not um leonard and i will be doing our live stream uh discussion on wednesday night so tonight if you're listening to this the day this drops um wednesday night at 9 p.m eastern uh youtube.com slash dragon ball super dope i think we'll be doing the live stream however i had a few people reach out and say hey how can I get in on that live stream discussion like you've been doing the last few months with Leonard and uh, Reese from Australia, mate? See what I did? I did an Australian accent. Um, here's the answer to that. You have to be a patron. You have to be on the Patreon at that $5 tier. Um, that's like the 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 cookie cutter answer, I guess. Um I also have to just know that you're not a chucklehead. Um, Reese and a lot of our patrons have been supporting us for a long time. Like, if we didn't have, you know, the few dollars a month we had from Patreon, this show probably would have ended a long time ago when I had to start paying 20, 30 bucks a month for the show myself. I'd have been like, ah, 30 bucks. That's like, it's like three packs of cigarettes, dude. So. You know, the people who support us on Patreon have very much earned their way into those discussions, in my opinion. And also, I know that I like them and, you know, I've become fairly friendly with most of them. So they're always invited. Um, if you join the Patreon to, like, jump in on a discussion and then, you know, subsequently cancel your membership, I'm not giving you guys ideas. I hope not. But I have had people, you know... Sign up and subsequently cancel very quickly when they get all the shit. All right. I'm not saying you should go do that. That'd be shitty of you, but people have done that. So the idea of somebody doing that to get on an episode to express their ideas about a manga chapter is very much at the forefront of my mind. Um, I use that as a way to say, if you want to be in on these manga chapters, Mr. Somebody with an opinion, uh, earn it. I just figured out that you were listening to my show last week. Speaking of people who um, started listening to our show fairly recently, I'd like to welcome, um, we're just going to do it generally, the country of India to the Super Dope listenership. Um, we have recently been picked up uh, on a few different new podcast apps, one of which is called Ghana, uh, which is pretty popular in India. Um specifically uh the states i know that india has states now i had to look that up uh maharashtra uh the states of maharashtra and uhar pradesh i probably just butchered those names but i know that the listenership there over the last few months it's been considerable enough for me to notice and have to say hello to you guys um welcome to the show i appreciate you guys listening to all of the back catalog i think not only picking up the entire country of india um, but also I went back recently and redid the intro bumper to my very first episode, episode 102 review, whatever it is, and like did a new sort of welcome or whatever a few months ago. I feel like maybe that has been making a difference a little bit. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. Those intro bumpers are going to start popping up throughout the super dope catalog. So, you know, if there hasn't been a reason to go back and listen to old episodes, Bitch, now there is. So hello to the country of India and the states of Maharashtra and Uhar Pradesh. Anyway, we're going to get to this Astro Monster pod soon, but just wanted to make one more comment. 
Did y'all buy some wild shit on Prime Day? I sure did. I bought like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I bought five Dragon Star figures from, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Star line. And uh, I got them for like the price of two and a half of them. Like they were like 11, 12 bucks a piece. It was pretty impressive. Um, among them, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you who was among them. I got five characters, but this was the real kicker when the package showed up a few days later. Was that several months ago, probably in May or, or June, even? I'm not sure when. In May or June, Mike Norm, rest in peace, Mike Norm. If you don't know who Mike Norm is, you should go listen to an early episode of Super Dope. I love you. I miss you. Come back on the show. I actually hung out with him last week, but he don't like being in front of microphones anymore. He's a little weird, whatever. In June, he sent me a text, and it was just a link to this pre-order for this, this dope-ass Dragon Stars Tenkaichi Budokai tournament, like this, this set-up diorama kind of thing where you can put your characters on it, and it's got like destructive environments and shit. I think on Friday night, I'm not sure what time yet. I'm going to try to pull Jimmy over here. Uh, I just babysat for his fucking kids the other day, so he owes me one. Uh, I'm going to pull Jimmy over here on Friday night and have him unbox this Tenkaichi Budokai ring with me on Instagram. I'm going to do an Instagram live. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, go do that. Um, at DB Super Dope. That would be dope. Super dope. And we're going to unbox this thing. And it has like the, the thing that I'm interested to see is there's like multiple destructive like parts of the environment like you can fuck up the signs you can fuck up the tiles the walls the sign like it's it it looks like a lot of fun so uh we're gonna be doing that and unboxing these five figures i got uh from prime day the other day so um i feel like that's basically it if you want um for the people who kind of wanted to hear me talk about uh chapter 65 uh as a as a whole I'll give you my brief 30-second synopsis. I say 30 seconds, so that way if you don't want any spoilers, maybe you haven't read the chapter, um, you know, you can just hit the 15-second button twice, go forward, you don't hear no spoilers. If you haven't read it yet, it's probably because you don't have a link. Maybe you should check the show notes of this episode in your podcast app. Go join our Facebook group, Roshi Secret Stash. That's where me and a few dozen other of my buds who listen to the show or don't, like people I just know or friends of friends, we're trying to grow the group is my point. Um, but we're engaging in discussion about chapters month to month and, you know, just stupid Dragon Ball stuff in general. So go join the group. But uh, here is my uh, spoiler-ridden 30-second review of Chapter 65. If you don't want to be spoiled, hit the 15-second forward button two times. Not one, not three, but two times. In three, two, one. Wow, Goku, what an idiot. Why are you giving people sentient means? Oh, look, now dude's the fucking planet Earth. Go figure. Uh, that's pretty much all the time I needed. The planet Earth thing and the big stupid arm and the bulging of the body. Zamasu callback. Glad we're getting Dragon Ball Super callbacks in Dragon Ball Super. <sighs> anyway, why is everybody mad at Soyotaro? Did he write this? Did some YouTuber tell you to be mad at him? Did I get some YouTuber to tell you guys to not be mad? I don't know. I'm done. That's the 30 seconds. Maybe I ranted about a YouTuber. Maybe I didn't. I will talk about that specifically more with Leonard. On Wednesday night during that stream, uh, youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Go subscribe if you are not subscribed. Link in the show notes or, you know, just put that shit into your URL, homes. Like, I just told you what the URL is. If you don't do it at this point, mad rude. Here's me and Brandon bitching and moaning about a Godzilla movie. Just like the good old days of the early Super Dope, except it's not about Dragon Ball. It is about Godzilla. Um, I'll see you guys tonight for the live stream. And uh, thank you for supporting everything we're doing. Do it up. Up into Dragon Ball Super Dope. Every once in a while, we tend to not do Dragon Ball things. 
and by every once in a while, I mean usually once every few weeks. Still dope though. Super dope. Usually, once a month, we try to aim for once a month. Doesn't always work out that way, but we try to do uh, a Godzilla film. Oh, yes. Mainly because we, uh, Super Dope, uh, have within the stable of podcast hosts a Godzilla expert. Sometimes. Most times. And my friend, Brandon. Yo, what up? Brother, Brandon. So, we are going to be talking about... uh, Invasion of the Astro Monster, or Godzilla versus Monster X, Monster Zero, Monster Zero, or Giant Monster War. There's too many names, too many names for this film. Or as I like to call it, when the Showa series takes a left turn. Yeah, uh, I do have to say this is a notably bad Godzilla movie. This is the sixth movie, correct? Uh, yes. So 1965, the sixth movie. The last one we did was uh, King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Yep. So we already have King Ghidorah coming back uh, in this next film a year later. I enjoyed the last film. <laughs> uh, I did. I really did. But yeah, this yeah. movie, uh, A, did not feel like a Godzilla movie. Yeah. And B, uh, just didn't utilize the monsters nearly enough. Oh no, absolutely not. The brief interludes of the monsters are not enough to um I guess make the film's title worthwhile. I don't know. So this still does feature the majority uh, of the original creative team from the first Godzilla movie. Yep. Uh Ishiro Honda, Eiji Tsuburaya, uh Tomoyuki Tanaka, and who am I missing from that group? Akira Fukube, the uh, composer. The composer. So this, I think, is most notable in the Godzilla franchise as the movie known for um, the one where Godzilla does the the dance. Um, yeah. So, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But I do think it's notable that the dance happens on the watch of Ishiro Honda. Um, and it's kind of... Uh, a notable mark in his relationship with Godzilla and the franchise in general. I think it really brings the end of uh, the importance of Godzilla, uh, perhaps the proverbial last straw of, you know, what it means to um, at least Ishiro Honda, what Godzilla really stands for, what he's about. Yeah. I think this is a full, I mean, we started to see parts of the turn in the last movie with them taking on uh, more, let me try to say this word, <laughs> anthropomorphic features yeah. or qualities. Um, we started to see a little bit of that in the last movie and, you know, we made note of it and we talked about it a little bit. This is like the idea of that, but turned up to 11 in a few different ways. And I think that this is also the turning point where the last vestiges of Godzilla as an anti-hero or straight up villain are washed away. And the only parts that really compose the film where he resembles a villain is when he's under a electromagnetic control. Um, Other than that, he's pretty much just a straight up hero now. And, you know, the last remaining drops of darkness are gone. And he's also really friendly with his boy Rodan. Yeah, yeah. Con- conveniently. Conveniently. So let's let's get into the plot of this ridiculous film that I I really hate. Um, hate is a strong word. I just <sighs> so like a, the last movie, the King Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, the three headed monster. We talked a lot about how you know it's very reminiscent of like a James Bond film. Yeah. Uh, this movie is very. Um, you know, space invaders kind of film. Uh, the Martians are coming to Earth or contacting Earthlings and trying to take advantage of them. And it's a sci-fi film where they managed to, uh, you know, work in Godzilla, Rodan, and King Ghidorah as, you know, a couple of cool action sequences, but also yep. basically just minor, minor plot points. And also, too, this is, believe it or not, one of the firsts um, of this movie. Um, despite there being... The Mysterians and Battle in Outer Space, this is the first Godzilla movie to feature an antagonistic alien plot, which, like many things in this movie and in the future, will be recycled 
a lot. So this is my first experience with the aliens in, in Godzilla universe, but my in first of many. The direct thread of Godzilla, but yes, the first of many. <sighs> so these, um, basically this, this plot of this movie is the Earth is going to investigate uh, Planet X, which is like a satellite planet or moon, I guess, of Jupiter. Is that right? Yeah, it's hidden behind Jupiter. Um and it's recently discovered in the year 1960X. Yes. Um, the amazingness that the Japanese have the ability with their kind of United Space Agency to have a rocket go all the way past Jupiter in a brief amount of time when in real life we haven't made it to the moon yet <laughs> is pretty dope. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, uh, if you're looking at this movie as an accurate depiction of how long it would take to get to a place like Jupiter or one of its moons, um, it's not that. It's definitely not that. That P1 is fast, yo. That P1's super fast, and it's piloted by I, Glenn, white dude Glenn. Yep. Oh, uh, that's another thing, dude. White dude Glenn. All right, so- White dude Glenn. White dude Glenn is probably how I will refer to him throughout the duration of this podcast. All right, I like white dude Glenn. White dude Glenn. I went to uh, watch this movie first on HBO Max because HBO Max, in case you all don't know, has yep. the majority of the Godzilla films. If you haven't seen these movies and want to know what the hell we're talking about and you have an HBO Max account, go watch the movie. Or if you just know someone named Max, that works too. No. <laughs> I mean, unless Max gives you his HBO <laughs> Max account. Anyway, I loaded it up on HBO Max. I wasn't sure if it was in English or Japanese, but... The opening scene is these two astronauts blasting off to Planet X, and yep. it's in English. And there's yep. a white dude named Glenn, and white dude named Glenn starts speaking in English, but it's still dubbed. And it's even even on his his suit, Glenn. And throughout the rest of the movie, he's I mean I I basically turned off the English version because I'm a snob. Put in the DVD and watched it in Japanese Good. on my PS2. But even watching the Japanese version, you can tell that he's speaking English, but he's yep. still dubbed in Japanese. So, so it has something to do with the production companies. Tell, like, explain this to me. It makes no sense to so me. So from what I've read, um, this is the second film that Nick Adams, uh, an American actor who is friends with James Dean. but that, That's White Dude Glenn? White Dude Glenn. Uh, but his career in America was not doing so hot. Um, he goes and... Uh, takes part in Frankenstein Conquers the World in 1965. Um, and then he is asked to take part in Invasion of Astro Monster. Ooh, excuse me. Um, I don't believe he's connected through Henry G. Saperstein Productions, which is the American company that backs ultimately three Toho monster movies. Um, at least up to 50%, they claim. Uh, but nonetheless, he is involved in these two films. Um, by all accounts, he is supposedly a consumer professional. He shows up knowing all his lines. He's good to go. He will say all of his lines in English. And then in the Japanese version, they will be overdubbed in Japanese. And then in the English version, you actually hear him performing his lines. Ah, oh, it just looks like a bad dub, though. Yeah. So he's actually still... That's his voice performing his lines but is it done is it the same take i believe so or does he go back in and do the adr even though you know because it's i think to kind of like match the quality of the dubs of the yeah. other voices you know what i mean i believe he didn't have to redub it i think that's the actual okay sound of his it just looks strange before you know the the two minutes i watched of the english version yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting so they yeah when they brought it over to america and then they just had the other characters dubbed and when they released it in japan they just dubbed him they just dubbed him yeah and it, if you listen to the english version it's like he's very american in it okay pal and you know yeah he does throw a lot of thumbs up there's thumbs a lot of down. thumbs going on and um, the other first in um, this movie is a very brief, but um, there is a kissing scene, which is pretty much the only kissing scene in the Godzilla series. Oh. Uh, at least like a you know romantic kiss. And as he kisses to. a Japanese lady. It is interracial. Holy cow. Yo, did he beat Captain Kirk to the punch on that? Uh, in Japan, technically, yes. Ooh. Uh, it's not released in America until 1970, so... 
Um, so yeah, he technically is the first on-screen interracial kiss in Japan, maybe. Damn, Nick Adams. Yeah. So uh, Damn, he, he passes Glenn? away shortly after. I believe he dies in '68 of an overdose. Oh, terrible. So all that interracial sex went to his head. Yee. What? Too much? Yee. So. Uh, White Dude Glenn, and what's the Japanese fellow's name? That is, um, his name in the movie is Fuji. He is played by, um, uh, Akira Takarada. Damn. Who is in the first Godzilla movie as, um, the love interest of Emiko. Oh. Um. Interesting. What is it? Sailor Ogato. Ogata. Oh, okay. So yeah. another cool, uh, like the, we've seen them bring back uh, the the actor who played Sarazawa to this yeah. point. This is he, no, not Sarazawa, but Sarazawa's competition, Ogata, oh, whom he it. goes down to the bottom with, and Sarazawa doesn't come up. But, but we have seen Sarazawa, the actor who played him, in Sarazawa a, in a movie that, leading up to this one, at least in King Kong versus Godzilla. All right, King yeah. Kong versus Godzilla. He is plays the one. a scientist who's kind of like. Uh, yeah, I just think that Toho uh, is. I think it's cool to note that Toho, you know, has like the stable of actors that they yeah. consistently use. Um, the third individual who goes to Planet X with Fuji and Glenn, um, I believe, was a military commander in some of the few movies previously. Um, and the woman who plays Namikawa. Um, That's was White Duke Glenn's girlfriend. White Duke Glenn's girlfriend was also his love interest in Frankenstein Conquers the World. Oh, so interesting. So the basic plot of this movie is they are going to discover this uh, moon on the other side of Jupiter. They arrive. Turns out um, there's already people that inhabit the planet. Yep. They tell them, hey. Zillions. 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 What a stupid name. <laughs> well, uh, if Martians is Martians, Planet X, Zillion. Damn it. I hate how much sense it makes now. They uh, they don't really go to great lengths to like come up with these clever names. But I believe in the script writing, they used a combination of, like I think, French, German, and Japanese to create bazillion language yeah so, i did read that as well that was pretty cool um the basic plot here is the the zillions uh say hey ha hey astronauts get in our base because monster zero is coming yo and we see like when they first land they get out and they go to plant a flag in 1960s fashion to claim it as like what kind of flag was that it was three flags it was the space agency japan and united states okay cool they go to plant the flag and then there's like a, a, a lightning flash out of nowhere and you know we know because we already watched king Ghidorah the 300 monster glenn goes missing glenn disappears all of a sudden fuji finds himself uh, in the middle of a plane uh you know a plain old uh i say plain old plane that doesn't really make sense plain but... old planet plain old plane it it's very similar to the planet in um battle from outer space so potentially a reused set i'm not sure word bird would never know that but all of a sudden a big metal cylinder like pops out of the ground and says hey get inside here astronaut fuji before monster zero whoops your ass kind of looks like a vial of ooze from teenage mutant ninja turtles too oh, man we need to do a podcast on the first ninja turtles movie Yo. there's so much to say about that fucking film that is one of the greatest films ever made it's probably in my top 10 unironically it's, and as you get older the darker it gets yeah man casey jones murders a motherfucker casey jones a bad dude yeah he is and he and also he... is very mentally he's very clearly a mentally ill person <laughs> you're a claustrophobic like the fact that he just adapts to <laughs> dealing with these four turtles so quickly Oh, he thinks that they just called him gay. It's so great. So, <laughs> anyway, um, basically, that was a hot track there. The Zillions uh, let the astronauts know uh, that they are, they basically know everything yeah. already. And they say, hey, we got this problem with Monster Zero. Yep. They show him, mon they show them Monster Zero. They recognize it as King Ghidorah. Can we borrow Monster Zero's one and two to take care of Monster Zero? And they're like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's Godzilla and Rodan, bitch. Whoa, right on. And how will we know where they even are? Thankfully, these aliens know everything. They know yeah. exactly where they are. And, and the humans are like, all right, well, I guess. But like, what's in it for us again? 
And they tell oh, him, we'll cure cancer. We have the cure for cancer. I got to say, in retrospect, rewatching it the other day, Fuji kind of reminds me of like manga Vegeta. Because he's <laughs> constantly being like, damn. Ch- like, it's very upset Vegeta throughout that whole movie. Yeah, that's true. He does have quite a bit of anger. And I think they express that quite a bit through uh, Fuji's disapproval of uh, his his sister's relationship with this, you know, bumbling, stupid-ass, nerd-looking inventor back on Earth. What's his name? Tetsuo, I think? Tetsuo! He's such a forgettable character that I can't even remember his name. His name is Tetsuo. That's the only reason I remember it is because that's, you know, one of the main characters in Akira. Okay. So when I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And or at least in terms of my memory. In a strange subplot, he has sold his newest invention, a uh, anti-rape device that emits a terrible noise. Did you when... say an anti-rape device? That's what it was. What, what did he call it? The Lady Saver or something like that? The Lady Guardian. Lady Guardian, yeah. You press a button and it makes the most terrible noise. So basically he makes an electronic rape whistle. Yeah. All right, word. Way to go, Tetsuo. And it's being purchased through this this secretive company um, who is represented by a beautiful young woman named Miss Namikawa, uh, who we find out soon enough is also the girlfriend girlfriend of Glenn. White dude Glenn. Dude, he's getting around. I get around. White dude Glenn knows, uh, knows a beautiful face when he sees it. So <laughs> he knows it too well. So the sister is the again the the uh, the sister of the astronaut Fuji. White dude Glenn is dating Nami Kawa. We have a bumbling inventor who just sold an electronic rape whistle to some mysterious company. I think they front as like worldwide education or something like that. I, oh, I, there's always a front. Yeah, there's it, always a front. And, and there's really no explanation as to like what they want to do with the device. And he tries to like not only like get guidance on what they're going to do with it but like he's also still waiting for his money the entire time tetsuo is a, a fucking pushy motherfucker because he's like yo why isn't it on the shelves yet is he a pushy motherfucker though i mean like the, the, i went to walgreens they don't have it all i'm saying is if i sold an electronic rape whistle to some company like this i'd be like all right word before i sign my stuff over when do i get paid cvs not on the shelves when will it be on the market not even at dollar general i'm not signing shit until i got my money or something or at least you know, i don't know how things work i'm 31 year old child but you know what i mean i wouldn't have been as dumb as this dumb motherfucker was invent me a goddamn contract to get you paid first son (laughs) fucking nerd anyway y'all caught up with that guys now you know what's going on in the plot i don't because we haven't seen godzilla yet and we're getting pissed dude godzilla does not appear until probably around minute 45 minute 50 it's it's pretty late in the game yeah so basically again the zillions plea to the humans is we'll give you uh the cure for cancer because we're super advanced but we need godzilla and rodan or radon to defeat monster zero the humans go along with it they go back to earth flying hey they want to borrow these monsters and everyone's like wait a minute the cure for cancer that'd be cool well my question is is how come nobody was like this is a great idea. We've been dealing with these monsters for years now. They want to take them off our hands. This is great. See, my thought was, I mean, obviously they, I don't know. They, they make the plea to borrow these things. So that way they can borrow these things, borrow the Kaijus, Godzilla Mm -hmm. and and Rodan and be able to control them with like electromagnetic waves or whatever. I think that's the technology they use to be able to control them, to be able to fight King Ghidorah. But, why wouldn't they just use that kind of technology to ward King Ghidorah off? Ooh, right. Dun, dun, right. Dun, dun, dun. Wait a minute. Stupid motherfucking humans. No, they get greedy and they're like, yo, you're going to cure cancer for these two monsters? Take them. Here you go. But meanwhile, Vegeta, I mean, Fuji is starting to be like, damn, is this a secret plot? Damn, I don't feel good about this. Yeah, Fuji and starts asking a lot of questions. Glenn's like, I had too much wasabi. I got to go. Go make out with my girlfriend. Ooh, spicy. White dude Glenn getting it in. So sure enough, they agree to it. And they send search parties out to discover if the zillions were correct. And sure enough, there is Godzilla hidden in the lake. And there's Rodan hidden at a mountain. But so are the UFOs. 
dun, dun, dun. You don't think the UFOs were like alert? I mean, you've obviously watched this movie many more times than I have. But... Like maybe two or three times. But I thought like the humans let them know like, all right, hey, Martians. Excuse me. Zillions. Zillions. We've we've uh, confirmed the monsters are where you said that they would be. They didn't even confirm. They As they up. start going out there, you know, there comes Fuji. Damn. Something's coming out of the water. It's a UFO. They're already here. So I think my biggest problem with this movie, I mean, there's a lot of problems with it for me personally. <laughs> my first problem that I noticed, it took too long for Godzilla to come in. Oh, for and sure. And then when he does come in, He's like in a bubble, pulled up out of this lake that he's just chilling in. See, that's one of my favorite scenes. You like when he gets pulled up out of the lake? I thought it looked cool. Oh, I, thought I thought it, thought it, was it looked a cool stupid. Scene. I thought he looked stupid and helpless, and I was like, "You let my boy go. He doesn't want to do that. Tail. He was just chilling. He's just chilling." So somehow they put him in these bubbles and ship him all the way back to Planet X. Oh, and by the way, all of a sudden Rodan is also in a bubble in very close proximity, right? As well, so and save you some time. Immediately after they are. Opened of the bubble. Here's King Ghidorah. Bam, bam, I'm here. And Godzilla doesn't even have time to, like, go to the bathroom, brush his teeth. No, he barely knows what's up. He has no idea, but he knows shit's about to go down. just drop him on Planet X, and they're like, all right, go fight. Go. And 30 seconds later, they defeat King Ghidorah. (laughs) It's... They just kind of, like, scare him off, right? It's a brief yet triumphant battle. And then everyone's real happy. Godzilla's so happy he dances. This is the dance. He realizes that there's less gravity, perhaps, and so he's able to... Ah, yeah, they do make note of the gravity and the air pressure. Right. Good point. But after they scare off King Ghidorah, he does the The, the victory dance. dance. And Ishiro Honda's love of Godzilla is no more. Yeah, this is when Godzilla goes from... An animal, we'll say, yep. to a, I don't know, professional wrestler, maybe? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. In regards to what you just said, Ooh, in terms of, of Ishiro Honda's feeling on this, his victory pose, his son, Ryuji Honda, uh, recalls, uh, gives a quote to, I don't know, some fucking book. Uh, Ryuji Honda, when they made Godzilla do that Shie thing, I knew how pissed my father, Ishiro Honda, was. He didn't say a word, but he was beyond angry. My father found it humiliating. I am sure he was telling himself, we did not create Godzilla for that. Yep. It is not right. And yep. um, Ryuji Honda recalls his father disapproval of the inclusion of Godzilla's infamous Shie victory dance. Am I saying that right? Sure. Cool. Um... Just thought it's notable that this is sort of like where the descent of uh, it's so much to the point that his kid knew about it and, you know, oh, for sure, could could make a quote like that. And, you know, I think, again, it's a completely different monster, you know, we're we're no longer thinking of Godzilla as born from the horrors of the atomic age, but a superhero who is brought on the scene and saves the day and takes full victory in his achievement, you know? So at this point, after they fend off King Ghidorah, I'm like, shit, where do we go from here, man? This seems like the shortest Godzilla movie of all time, but at the same time, feeling like the longest Godzilla movie of all time. It's getting long by this point. Oh, my word. It's getting long. It's it's drawn out. So we go through, you know, Goji's victory dance, and then we go through the zillion and astronauts victory, and they give them the cure for cancer. On a convenient tape. Very convenient. Like, oh. Like a film. It's, it's like film. a reel-to-reel tape. Yes, like. reel-to-reel. I should know that. But on a reel-to-reel tape. Here is the cure for cancer, and they bring it back to Earth. I'm surprised they didn't put on a vinyl. As they uh, are leaving Earth uh, in the P1. Which the Zillions reproduced magically. Hey, man. By the way, we remade your ship for for you. They're like, hey, we don't have the resources to fight off King Ghidorah or do much, and we really don't have any water, but we can do all this other crazy shit that doesn't help us at all in defeating King Ghidorah. Like, make this spaceship magically very quickly. Anyway... They get in the P1, they go to leave, and I think I think my favorite shot of this movie is them in the cockpit 
looking at Rodan and Godzilla, looking back at them in the in the cockpit, just being like, "What the fuck, man? You fucking left us here." Hey, dude, you go to Earth. We live there too. Meanwhile, Glenn is feeling a little uneasy because he discovered a strange little coincidence on Planet X. Oh yeah, he saw not one. But, but two of his girlfriend, Miss Namikawa. So the Martians in this, uh, zillions in zillions. this movie. We, at this point, until White Dude Glenn finds his girlfriend's uh, doppelganger and then second doppelganger. Do you know how many of them there really were? I'll guess one. Zillions of them. God damn it. <laughs> Set myself up for that. So to this point, we've only seen men of this zillions race. Yeah. And they're like a black and silver, you know, alien looking it looks almost like Kang the Conqueror wearing LeVar Burton's visor yeah from Star Trek The Next Generation good call made it cool before LeVar made it cool that's a cool thing to be able to flex on uh, so him what do Glenn running into a female and then revealing that it has the same or she has the same face as his girlfriend Namikawa Nami back on Earth uh, who we know has been integral in uh Making sure that bumbling, stupid-ass inventor boy... Tetsuo. Tetsuo! Gets his invention sold to this mysterious company. Um, so Glenn... Laundering company. He's real freaked out about that. Goddamn. Does he tell Fuji about it on, on the on the trip home, you think? I think he just went... Thumbs, thumbs down. down. <laughs> he does do a lot of thumbs up and thumbs down, oh. man. I appreciate the big grand gestures from Nick Adams. Uh, um, all right, so so they're going back to Earth. They have the cure for cancer on this real to real. They're gonna bring it back to all the medical professionals and whatever in the in the world. And uh, they like rig it up to play it. There's like lots of silence at the beginning, and they're like, "Oh no, we've been had." It's a secret track. <laughs> this. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, the secret track it probably takes like forty five seconds. Yeah, and they, there's again a very like long period of time where they're just like, nothing's happening. Like I know that this movie is just over ninety. I think it's ninety five like minutes. Ninety four minutes. Yeah. Oof, man, do those ninety four minutes feel like a fucking eternity? Yeah. Uh, this scene, great example. Then it starts off with a long boop. Boop. And I'm like, motherfucker, are they trying to communicate in a different language? The the nerve of these zillion bastards. You have reached the mailbox of zillion race. This mailbox is full and can no longer take message. Goodbye. <laughs> so they eventually do get to a message and it's not the cure for cancer. Shocker. Oh. It's actually uh, a message from the commandant. Of uh, the Zillion and Planet X uh, race or whatever. And he says, what's up, Earth? Hey. We're going to colonize your ass. Don't fight it. You got 24 hours to submit or die. We'll be there soon. By the way, we got all the fucking giant monsters. So, meanwhile, dun, 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 dun. the Earth erupts in protest. I do love that scene where they're like, oh, shit. That's one of the cool things. And, like, when when Glenn goes back to his apartment and it's, like, all torn up, I was like... This is actually cool. And he just has his gun drawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm he's like, like looking around and they're actually showing like people freaking the fuck out. This is great. Mass panic, hysteria you in the know. streets, cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. So Glenn would be like, I've seen shit that would turn you white. <laughs> so Nick Adams uh, works his way back to his apartment. His girlfriend's there and he gets to question her about why she has the same face as all the people or all the women. Namikawa, you didn't tell me I could have had a threesome. So when there there is like a scene where he I don't know he like they sneak away when they're in the alien base on Planet X and they yeah. he like asks the the dude in charge he's like why do those girls have both the same faces and he's like what's up you don't like those girls faces those girls are pretty he's like but beauty isn't the same or beauty's not as powerful you know if it's on the same person all the yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget exactly he how he tries to make it. some poetic ass quote and it's just like I feel I felt like Professor Oak at that point Now's not the time for this, Nick Adams. <laughs> but it is only just the one actress who's playing all three it's of those. It's all, yes. Okay. Um, was it Kumi Mizuno, I think? Jam, dude. You just know all this shit off the top of your brain, huh? Yes. So um, he gets the opportunity to... <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. He gets the opportunity to ask Homegirl uh, about all of this nonsense. And she's like, yeah, I probably should have let you know. Uh, I also am a zillion... And uh, I was sitting here as part of the plan, and we got this device, 
because we think it'll fuck us up because we're real sensitive to these high-pitched whistle noise sounds. But I like you. But anyway, I think you're real handsome, Nick Adams. <laughs> I think you're far out. You know what, Nick Adams... I wish it was still alive to play. We should go back in time and make oh, no. what? a film called Smash Adams. <laughs> he's got, like, put an eye patch on that dude and he's got Smash Adams vibes all day. Give it would be weird blizzard. if he made a cameo in the Adams family. As a dead person? That works. They just show his grave. Well, either way. Anyway, uh, Nick Adams is real uh, pissed at his girlfriend about her being an alien, but she also did just let him in on the secret plan. Well, so she doesn't right away. She slips him a piece of paper. Oh, that's right. She doesn't. She doesn't even have the opportunity no, because because she gets zapped. The zillions show up and they're like, "What's up, motherfuckers? See these ray guns? Want to see the zapped. best? Want to see the the most parts? Uh, Want to see the biggest part of our special effects budget in like one scene? <laughs> pew pew pew. Yeah, they're actually just really long laser beams." And she just like dissipates into nothing. She goes in X-ray mode. Yeah, it's but yeah. She... Yeah, they don't kill. They don't kill Glenn. They they let him just get angry and say something Western and angry. Well, you why'd you have to go and murder? Her? So like, this is the second part where they. A second time where they kind of like let him go a little bit. Like the first yeah. time when they got caught sneaking around in the base. Yeah, yeah. They could have jailed them or whatever, but they don't. They're like, since you're our guest, yeah. you're cool. Yeah. Same idea here. Like, since you're so, not of our race, you didn't break our laws, but you're still being kind of a dick. So we're going to throw you in space jail. Very conveniently, they just arrest him again. And lo and behold, he's put in a cell with Tetsuo, who's not frisked. For some fucking reason. And Tetsuo when... makes two two discoveries, basically, uh, that they don't do any kind of security intake when they arrest somebody. Like, he does not get first at all. So This all isn't of his TSA bo- we're working with. Oh, my God. And that the steel bars that he's imprisoned with aren't actually steel bars. And he knows that because they don't make sounds. They don't make sounds. And this, I guess, is going to be a very important part of how we ultimately resolve yes. this terrible fucking science fiction movie featuring Godzilla, Rodan, and Because when Glenn discovers the note that Namikawa leaves him... That's when she's like, yo, this is rape whistle, right? We hate loud noises. It's the worst. Tetsuo, loud... he's the worst. We're going to get that rape whistle off this planet, and we're going to be invincible. Beep, beep, beep. And then the Zillions lose their shit. Guards come in. They put the rape whistle button on. They start shaking like Quakers. Smash there. Oh, my God, dude. The one shot of, like, when Nick Adams grabs dude's head and smashes it against the bars. And then the dude's face is out and his tongue is just, like, going back and forth in his mouth. It was so funny. I'm like, yo, dude, that dude earned that paycheck that day. So good. They escape from the prison. Uh, they then uh, the earth base prison, because obviously, you know, with Namikawa being a, a double agent here, there's a bunch of uh, humans who were working with the zillions. Yeah. Um, so, and the zillions are like, fuck, we can't give them 24 hours. Unleash the monsters now. So yeah, they unleash uh Ghidorah on the U S I think first. That's like, you don't the see Western it. hemisphere. Yeah. yeah. You don't see it, but they just mention it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good way to imply lots of destruction. Godzilla and Rodan, I believe fight outside of Mount Fuji. And they use the electromagnetic things to be able to control them. Yes. As their own, you know, whatever. And for all you listeners out there, if you don't want to sit through the entire movie Rodan or Radon from 1956, just watch this scene because pretty much all the good parts are recycled into this following scene. Yeah. And to be clear, it is probably my favorite scene of the entire movie because, A, it features the monsters, and it's actually pretty cool, uh, some of the destruction. I like some of the King Ghidorah stuff that happens more. There is that cool, and I'm not sure if it's recycled or not. It could be. Sure. Uh, But there is a cool shot of him, like, coming down and landing on the roof of a building with his feet. So that's Rodan, yeah. Oh, is that Rodan? I thought it was King Ghidorah, that shot. That pretty much is, like, the best part of the Rodan movie is when the first Rodan lands on the building at Fukuoka. Oh. Yeah. Why did I think um, that was Ghidorah? There might be a Ghidorah scene where I no, you're right. I think there's also a Ghidorah scene where he And then he jumps just like building. his his feet just like go through it. Yeah. And then he just sits there and the next shot is him just like shooting lightning or whatever. So that's pretty much relatively new. Portions of the Godzilla is relatively new, but like 
Bear in mind, this movie is 1965. Rodan come, came out in 1956. That's nine years old recycled footage, yeah. And wasn't Rodan shot in black and white? Nope. Rodan is uh, the first color monster. Ah, uh, got it. All right, I don't know why I thought so, it was shot in black and white. So, pretty much most of the street fighting with the military, that's all from Rodan. Um, where he's blowing his wind and he's like blowing soldiers and they're holding on to tree. That's all Rodan. Just a, this uh, is like the start or the most uh, marked um, first first market example, stark example. The blatantly obvious. <laughs> That's the way to say it. I believe one scene of the Mysterians is used in King Kong versus Godzilla. Like there's like a tidal wave, but this is heavy use of Mysterians, Rodan, and even parts of Mothra. Wow. Um, most effectively and easily the Rodan scenes because they can re-destroy a city without having to really invest fully in it. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, from this, they will go downhill to a point where all monsters attack or Godzilla versus Godzilla's revenge is like almost entire stock footage in all but one of the monster fight scenes. Wow. Like it's not even like well hidden. It's just like, you'll see it. You'll be like, I've seen that before. I've already seen that before. I've seen all that before. Yeah. And the idea behind it is, you know, as the as the company definitely makes it more about um, or, or a series geared more toward children, they not only want to, um, you know, as any company does, want to save money um, yeah. straight up. But like they say to themselves, yeah, kids don't notice shit. Stupid little kids will recycle some stuff. It'll get by them. Yep. But even... I don't think little kids are as dumb as companies oh, yeah. give them credit for, man. Even some of the give weapons, um, both on Planet X and Earth, are cannibalized. If they're not restock, or if they're not stock footage, they're at least cannibalized weapons to create new ones. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so much of the destruction, even though it is straight up recycled footage in a lot of instances or a lot of the cooler shots are recycled from other movies. The next, um, you know, now that Nick Adams smash Adams with the, not, he doesn't have an eye patch in this movie, but now he has an eye patch in my head. <laughs> he goes and lets the scientists know about, um, Tetsuo's electronic rape whistle. Yep. And that these zillions are, um, whatever uh weak against uh, these ridiculous obnoxiously loud sounds that tetsuo showed off at the beginning of the film and pissed off his mom or whatever because he's a stupid loser nerd living at home with his mom inventing things um so they come up with a plan to um amplify that sound and yeah. weaponize it to be able to disrupt the electromagnetic communication or control. So it's two different devices. So Glenn comes up with a interrupter for the electromagnetic waves. Okay. And then Tetsuo's device is used to basically just disorient the zillions. And oh. you know, they start spinning and getting woozy in the head. And oh, I thought the devices worked in tandem. They work together, but they serve two different kind of functions. Got yeah. it. I so. thought like, I thought electronic rape whistle was amplified by Smash Adams' new device, and that was what allowed them to be able to point it at the spaceships and yeah. at the monsters. But again, just the one time, this movie sucked dick, and I kind of <laughs> had to check out and set up all the microphones <laughs> while I did it, so wasn't paying the closest of attention. If I mean, they real. even recycle my favorite Godzilla theme, which is the Imperial Army March. Which is now the, I think they call it the Monster Zero March. Mm. There yeah. was some music in this where I was like, yo, I know that one. I know yeah. that one too. Yep. Um, but not the original theme from 54. No, it's... There, it's, there uh, is like a, a reverse uh, a reverse King Ghidorah yeah. theme. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. In the beginning and the opening credits, it's like the melody of it the rhythm to the melody is almost the same that's tempo. The, that's the Imperial Army March. All right. That's the one yeah. that we're talking about. I'll, I'll play it afterwards for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one, I was like, this is such a weird counterpoint to the main theme of the last movie. Yeah. yeah. So strange. I like the way that they did that. Akira Ifakube, you a real one, baby. RIP. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Pull one out for you. Um, 
so yeah, they disorient uh, the zillions. They take control back of the monsters, or at least break control that the zillions have of the monsters. Uh, Rodan and Godzilla fuck up King Ghidorah, kick his ass the fuck out of here. For like another 30 seconds. Yeah, and this is the thing that pissed me off, man. This is such a goddamn kick in the nads at the end of this film. I'm like, all right, cool. They all got their free will again in terms of monsters. All right, we already established that Godzilla and Rodan are buddies, so it's two on one. Two on one. They get up to fight, like you said, for 30 seconds. We see Rodan pick up Godzilla, fly him into King Ghidorah, Knocks him off of a cliff into a body of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen next? There's a tidal... Well, it looks like they're they're hinting that a tidal wave is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you see a shot of this big wave going toward a village. Yep. Which that's, maybe, I, that's, I believe, restock of... Um, Mysterians. Mysterians. So... Mysterions. Yep. Mysterions. Um, they, they show that shot, and I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen next in this fight? And then it just pans over to the human characters, and they're like, oh, shit. It's over. That's it, huh? All right. And then King Ghidorah <laughs> flies up out of the water. And I'm like, oh, no, that ain't it. And then he flies away. And it is it. And then Glenn and Fuji are told the bad news. You got to go back to Planet X. And we get one more thumbs, thumbs down. down. Also, one of the characters says, so what's up with Godzilla and Rodan? They're like, I don't know. Hope they're not dead. Yeah. You got to go back to Planet X. Thumbs down. The end. Then it actually clears to the uh, the credit scene of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So we know now that uh, this movie sucked. Uh, what's the next movie? Does it suck? Is it continue? Am I going to see White Duke Glenn in the next movie? Tell me Glenn yes. will not be in the next movie. God um, damn it. The next Godzilla film we have is Big Duel in the South Seas. Uh, is this when he fights a lobster? It is when he fights Ibira, the giant shrimp. Fuck. Um, yeah. And <laughs> for some reason, he's kind of anti-villain again, or anti-hero again. Um, it gets weird. Does he uh, eat the shrimp? Uh, sort of. Oh, word. All right. Me and Godzilla sort are always of. on the same page. Does um, he fry the shrimp with his atomic breath first? I'm not going into spoilers. All right. Word, 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 word. But, uh... Cool, 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 cool. We're, uh, we're going to have some rough uh, rough times ahead, my yeah. friend. So I thought the last movie was a little bit of a dip in quality because of the, you know, basically the, the scene where the monsters all communicate with each other come on that's my favorite like my favorite scene though of course it is and then we have this movie where goji does his victory dance and it's just not my favorite no it's not mine either uh so this movie was an even you know deeper dip than the last movie i enjoyed the last movie i saw that oh believe me there's there's and it's about to go so much lower we're we're going from general descent into nosedive if you have been listening to us uh, for a while do these godzilla films for the last couple of years you know sporadically um we are big fans of early Godzilla movies. So I think that's the general consensus. I would say that, you know, up till this point, we would have what is considered the golden age of the Showa era. Um, and I would say Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, will mark the end of the golden age. Um, you have Eiji Tsuburaya leaving to start his own production company soon. Uh, Tsuburaya Productions, which are... Which will go on to make Ultraman. Very popular with Ultra Q and Ultraman. Um, you have the kind of, I think, lackluster response. This was the 10th highest grossing film in Japan in 65. Mm. But, you know, the writing's on the wall that, you know, we're starting to see a flood in the market. Um, the following year, Gamera will come out. Uh, so you now have a opposing studio with a competitive monster. Um, you know, the seriousness is all gone. Um, and I think they are now just kind of looking towards what can we do to make this as profitable as possible for as long as possible. Gear it, gear it towards kids. Um, make it for the kids. Cut the budget. Let's not take ourselves and, so seriously. It's okay if it's a little, uh, you know, lackluster in terms of the final product and, yeah, and special and effects and things like that. I'm assuming that by 67, which will be, you know, the son of Godzilla film, you know, the writing's also on the wall that it's time to kill it off. 
Um, and so a little bit of fast forward when we get to destroy all monsters in 1968, that was supposed to be the end. It was supposed to be over by then. No more Godzilla. We've run its course. We've had at least what, two or three of those, you know, this is the end of Godzilla's. Yeah. The, the peak was technically King Kong versus Godzilla, but to me, Mothra versus Godzilla and, and Ghidorah are just amazing movies. Yeah. Um, that are so much better than King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, but you know, my opinion doesn't matter. It's what is made in ticket sales. I do have to say, uh, I've watched this first six movies now and I've seen probably like another six or seven random movies throughout Godzilla, you know, filmography. Um, I, I I would have to say with utmost certainly uh, certainty, the first five movies are my favorite Godzilla movies. Oh, to absolutely. This point. I would. I'd probably put King Kong at the end of it. I'd put 54 number one. I'd put yeah. Mothra at number two. I mean, Raids again at number three. And then, um, which one am I Ghidorah missing? Number four. Ghidorah number four. I don't like King Kong. I just don't. Yeah, care. no, 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 for sure. Um, it's hard not to put the first one in anything but number one. Yep. Um, but I would say immediately after that is Raids again, followed by Mothra versus followed by Ghidorah. No. I would even go as far as saying the third for me would be Ghidorah, then Mothra versus Godzilla, um, and then King Kong number five. So basically, we have the same um, list except our three and fours are, are flip flopped. Yeah, and then you know afterwards, you know the Showa series has some great moments that we'll discuss if we reach them, um, but you know it's it's pretty rough after that. I mean. We will reach them. I don't care that you're starting a new job next week. I, I want to make face. it at least until the return of Godzilla, which, as I get older, is better and better every time I watch it. Nope. It has really corny, weird moments, but at the same time, it's still great. Bro, we're going to watch all of them. All right. I'm not going to be around for the anime trilo- trilogy, though. There is a new anime trilogy that'll be, well, not trilogy, but new anime film. A new one, yeah. What that'll do we call it? It's making its way to, to Netflix, uh, I believe, next year. Next year. It is called Singular Point. Got it. Um, and it will be produced by, what did we call it? The Bones? Uh, Studio Bones. Studio Bones. Studio Ghibli? Ghibli? Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce anything. You or, fucks no, that leave so, me alone. So the character design is by Blue Exorcist Kazoo Kato. Isn't that a porno? Sure. The new Godzilla design itself will be from legendary Ghibli animator E.G. Yamamori, and it will be um, produced um, by um, Studio Orange and Studio Bones. I don't watch any shows from Studio Orange, but I do understand that they have an excellent reputation as well. Excellent. Um, Um, It will be a mix of hand-drawn animation with CG. Cool. Um, I think... Everybody is taking this with a careful, deep breath as the last anime series, which was a trilogy on Netflix. Um, I'm not going to talk trash about it because... Was that American produced or was it Japanese produced? It was Japanese produced. Um, You know, just go on some of the Facebook pages to see Relentless. it's, It's very polarizing. It's very polarizing. I would say that... It was very complex. I've only watched it really once. I saw the first one twice. But But it's a much more human-driven plot than it is Godzilla stuff, isn't it? Not only is it more human-driven, the zillions are in it. Um, Fucking zillions. You really have to be focused the whole time. It's not like Godzilla versus Monster Zero, where it's like, if you go out of the bathroom, you're not going to come back and be like... What the fuck is happening? And, you know, we talk about um, the toxicity of certain fandoms quite a bit. We just so happen to be at that fun cross-section of uh, several different fandoms that all continuously suck. Dragon Ball Z uh, fans suck. Star Wars fans suck. Marvel fans suck. Generally avoiding Godzilla sites most of the time. Godzilla fans are the fucking Um, worst, man. It's getting pretty bad. I mean, I think the problem with me is even though there's like 30 films spanning 60 years... There's really just a focus on the new Kong versus Godzilla, Shin Godzilla or Shin Gojira, the anime trilogy, like and and Godzilla 98. There's just those four topics are just relentlessly discussed to a point where nauseum. I get it if you're like new to the page and hi, everybody, I'm new. Welcome, you know, but like 
all you have to do is just go down two or three posts and there Always it is there just look you know just read bradley it, it's to a point that for my own personal enjoyment of godzilla i have to avoid it because i don't have the time nor the stress threshold anymore to just sit there and read the comments i'd rather go on you know the local news station and get stressed out that way yeah at least get, it's sometimes entertaining or they get stressed out about important things yeah yeah i feel yeah. you so, um so godzilla versus the astro or invasion of the astro monster godzilla versus monster x monster zero fuck giant monster war god damn it too many names they're all confusing i can't can't make sense of any of them this movie sucked i didn't like it i didn't like it one bit of all the Godzilla movies I've watched so far, this one is definitely my least favorite. Oh. I know. I know. Oh. I know. I'm going to be begging for this shit in a few movies. Yeah. I know. By the time we get to the year 1969, you are going to be begging that it's as good as this. Nice. It's... By the time we get to the year 1969, you're going to be begging it's as good as this. Like, yeah. what the hell, dude? You realize some of the things that... All right, so that's going to do it for Dragon Ball Super Dope this week, or Pojira, or Super Dope Plus Ultra, or whatever the hell we call ourselves this week. It's just Dragon Ball Super Dope. Um, if you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you rate and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where the podcasts live. Tell your friends. You have friends who like nerd, stupid nerd shit like this? Maybe, maybe tell your friends. Yeah. Tell them. Tell them, Steve, Dave. Where's the beef? Where is the beef? Is it in? I feel like that's what Nick Adams just wanted to cry the whole movie. Dude, Nick Adams, if he didn't know D, could have made him smash Adams. Super dope. Super dope. I forgot how we, I don't know how Godzilla ends. That sounds pretty good. Godzilla! Godzilla!